Welcome to worship on this cold but beautiful Sunday morning. It is great to have you all here this morning. So welcome to worship. Those joining online as well, welcome to you also. And now, friends, the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us greet one another. Good morning, kiddos. And let us gather in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn towards you this morning. And Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and bless us with your power as we worship you this morning. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. All right, kiddos, you ready for a children's moment? Yeah, we're going to ask that again. Are you ready for a children's moment? Yes. Okay. Is everybody a little bit sleepy today? You guys have to go back to school tomorrow. Are you excited to go back to school tomorrow? No. Did you get to sleep in this week? Yeah. Yes. And tomorrow morning, you're going to have to wake up bright and early, aren't you, and go to school. Oh, 
Well, okay, before you head back to school, I have a lesson for you. This is a story from you, for you from the Bible, and I'm telling you the version that we have from the Gospel of Luke. Do you know that the Gospel of Luke is my favorite gospel? Is it weird that you can have a favorite gospel? But I do. So this is a story called the Transfiguration. Can you say that word, Transfiguration? That is a super long word, isn't it? And I drew, to the best of my ability, a picture to show you what the transfiguration is like. And let's just say I think Taylor could have done a much better job drawing it, but I did the best that I could. So here's what happened. So one day, Jesus went up to the mountain, and he brought with him a couple of his disciples. Who do you think he brought with him? Any guesses? Which ones? He brought three of them. Shout some disciples' names. Who knows the name of a disciple? No? No? Any other guesses? Peter and James and John. Peter, James, and John. Those were some good guesses. So he brought Peter and James and John up with him to the top of a mountain. And when Jesus got up to the top of the mountain, Peter, James, and John, they were all getting pretty sleepy, but they stayed awake. And then suddenly standing there with Jesus were two people. And these two people were already living in heaven. This is Elijah and Moses, who had lived a long, long time before. Suddenly, Elijah and Moses were standing there talking to Jesus. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Peter and James and John thought it was super weird as well. This was such a weird thing. And then, as if that wasn't weird enough, suddenly Jesus transformed. Figured. That's that word. Suddenly, Jesus started shining. That's why I'm using this right here for you. Because, you know, this is that you scrape away the, the black and then you get the color underneath. Well, Jesus was transfigured, which means that as Jesus was standing there on the top of the mountain, this bright light started shining from within Jesus, where his whole entire body started to shine. Even his clothes began to shine. So you guys like my picture here? Yeah? Taylor, you could have done a much better job, couldn't you have? Yeah, she said it it looked like something she would have drawn when she was much, much, much younger. When you were four, yep. Well, that's about, the. I told her her drawing ability surpassed mine when she turned five. So this is to give you an idea, though. Jesus was standing on the top of the mountain with Moses and Elijah, two people who were already in heaven who suddenly just appeared there with Jesus, and he was talking about what was going to happen. He was talking about everything that was going to happen, how Jesus was going to die, but then after Jesus died, what was he going to do? He was going to rise again, and so he was talking to them about that. And Peter and James and John, what would you have done if you were Peter, James, and John, and you saw Jesus talking to Moses and Elijah, and then you saw him shining brightly? What would you have done? Yeah. Oh, you would have run. What else? Yeah. You'd be scared and then run. What about you, Ben? You would faint. That's a, yeah. I think, do you know what I think I'd do? I think I'd be standing there like with my jaw just dropped. I think I would have been shocked. And so Peter and James and John, they acted that way. But then Peter's like, wait, let's stay here. And then they turned around to walk away. And Jesus just went back to looking normal. And then they walked down the mountain. And I don't think anybody really talked about it. They were just amazed. But the reason why this is an important story is because it tells us that Jesus isn't just human. Jesus is also divine. Jesus is not only human, but he also is God. He has God within him. And as that light was shining, out of Jesus, that's because it was the light of God, the divine light that was shining out of Jesus, and that is really important. So we have to remember that Jesus, who teaches us so many lessons, Jesus, who we learn from and who all of our stories are about, he is the Son of God, and not only does he teach us these really good lessons, but he teaches us the things that God wants us to know. And we worship a God who loves us, and you need to remember that always, no matter how crazy this world can be. Remember, God loves us. God loves you, and no matter what, God is with you. Okay, so you're going to go off to Sunday school now, but first let's stand and let's say a prayer. All right, let us pray. Holy and loving God, we turn to you, Lord, God of all, and we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us and bless us. When we are scared, give us your strength and your courage. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. And you can go off to Sunday school. Go, my children, with my blessing, never alone. Waking 
sleeping, I'm with you. You are my own. In my love's baptismal river, I have made you mine forever. Go, my children, with my blessing, you are my own. Amen. And now if anybody has any announcements, you can come forward at this time. I have just a couple of announcements for you. And the first one is that we have a bunch of leftover dinners from our community dinner. They are all in the fridge. So if you want to not have to make yourself lunch or dinner today, do me a favor, walk into the kitchen, open up the fridge doors. There's more on the right, but there's some on the left as well, and grab as many dinners as you need. Good morning. Good morning. Um, a, a new committee has been formed to assess our church's assets. As you know, our church is getting a little older building-wise. We just did the roof, and there's projects for the um, parking lot for this year. Um, so this committee is, is for church improvement, and it will be chaired by myself, uh, Lori Middlefeld, and assisted by... Uh, Joyce Dulce over there. Um, we will be asking for assistance of the congregation in providing thoughts and ideas for areas of improvement or renovation. So please email your ideas to ideas at zionucc.ton.com or speak to myself or Joyce. And these suggestions will be collected until the end of April and then uh, trustees and consistory will kind of go through prioritize and see what stuff immediate or down the road. Um, and there will be in, something in the Zionite when it comes out so that for that uh, um, email. So ideas at zionucc.ton.com. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I just want to take a moment to thank Don for uh, having our exercise class yesterday, our first one. I'm in sore in places that I didn't know I had. Um, and I just wanted to remind you that this week is the uh, Erie County Health Department's Narcan training. Um, and Sally and Don will talk a little bit more about each of their specialties. <laughs> So this coming Saturday on the 5th is the Narcan training from the Health Department between 9 and 11. If you haven't already signed up in the back, please do, or you can email Debbie. Uh, it is a very important concern. If you, you know, take a look at the person to the left and right, if you think about it, probably one of you has been infect, uh, affected in some way by addiction in the community. So it's important to come and sign up if you hadn't already. It's a good, it's very informative class, and you will get a... Narcan kit, which is what you can use to help somebody that is um, experiencing an overdose. Good morning. Uh, so yesterday was a success. 19 people showed up for the class. Um, six people used a chair. So again, if you feel like you can't join because maybe you have some um, an injury or, or just some restrictions, I will make sure that there's modifications for everyone. There is another sign-up for next month. It is Saturday, March 26th. Uh, so please sign up and, and show up. Thank you. And now it is time for us to light our peace candle. And I think that this candle means even more to us today as we light this candle and as we think about all of the images that we've seen on the news. As we think about everything going on in Ukraine and people fleeing from their homes and, and all of the war and the chaos, I think more than ever we're praying for peace. So as we light this candle, let it not just be a lighting of candle. Will you please just join your hearts and your minds with me? As we pray for peace, we will think especially of Ukraine right now. As we pray for peace, let us put all of our hearts and all of our power together as we join in this moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you today, Lord, and we pray for peace more than we usually do. We pray for peace. We ask that you pour your peace upon Ukraine. We ask that you pour your peace upon all of those who are fleeing their homes. We ask that somehow, some way, you change hardened hearts and that you allow there to be peace again. Lord, Lord help those who are fleeing. Help those who are fighting. Be with them. And Lord, we just ask that there somehow, some way, be peace on earth. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.
be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. morning. Please join in with um, everyone for the opening litany. Lord, you have called us to the mountaintop. Help us to listen carefully to the words of your healing love. Place your trust in the Lord in all your ways. Let us join together in prayer of confession. Want to celebrate. We don't want to listen. We want to stay on the mountaintop with Jesus and set up a festival where everyone can come and play and have a good time. We want our faith to be one of entertainment, but you have called us to listen to him. You have asked us to be ready for the journey. We cannot stay where we are, comfortable and snuggled down in the familiar. There is much to be done. Forgive us, Lord, when we are stubborn and willful. Remind us that you are with us wherever we are. You call us from the mountaintop to go to the valley where there is struggle and strife where healing is needed. Prepare us, Lord, for the journey. Help us to listen to you. Heal us, Lord, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
We have two readings this morning. Our first reading comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 34. We will read verses 29 through 35. If you are able, will you open up your pew Bibles, open them up to the book of Exodus as we read this story about the face of Moses. And if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? amen. Okay, we're going to try that one more time. Let's make sure we're, uh, we're awake. I heard Bob over there. I want to hear the rest of you as well. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? amen. Starting with verse 29. Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and as he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. And when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him and Moses spoke with them and afterward all the Israelites came near and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining. And Moses would put the veil on his face until he went in to speak with God. And now we're going to move to the Gospel of Luke, the ninth chapter, starting with verse 28. Beginning with verse 28, Luke chapter 9. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking with him, and they appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, and he, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. And now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory in the two men who stood with him. And just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. And while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. And then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent in those days and told no one any of the things that they had seen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or now, if you be still, will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak it all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. only imagine when that day comes and I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? In all of you be still. Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak all I can only Let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we can only imagine what it will be like one day when we enter into your glory. But Lord, right now, we just ask that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to feel the presence of your Holy Spirit while we worship you this morning. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.
So we have these two readings from this morning. We have one from the Old Testament with Moses, and then we have one from the New Testament with Jesus. And as we start with our Old Testament reading, this is one that in Bible study, many of us in Bible study had realized that we had not really noticed this reading before. Many of us had not paid attention to this instance of Moses with his shining face. But what happens is when Moses goes up to the mountain to talk to God, somehow his face starts to shine. It's like the divinity of God that spoke to Moses, stuck with Moses so that his face was shining. And of course, Moses didn't have a mirror with him, so he didn't know this until Moses got down the mountain. And then he starts to talk to people. And imagine what you would do if you saw Moses and he comes down the mountain after talking to God and his face is shining. I mean, would you be a little bit afraid? Probably. I mean, I don't know what you would do. And so Moses, he comes down the mountain and he's with these people that have escaped from Egypt. He's with these people who are like what refugees following Moses on their way to the promised land. And these people, they've gone through so much. They have reason to be afraid and they see the face of Moses and rightfully they are terrified and, and they have to explain to Moses what going on. They have to explain to Moses that when he speaks to God, that divinity stays with his face and his face shines like nothing that they have ever seen before. And then we make our way into the gospel of Luke. I love that we've been in the gospel of Luke for these past couple weeks. You know, it's my favorite gospel. I love how Luke gives us so many details. And so we make our way into the gospel of Luke and Luke tells us the story of the transfiguration. And this story is amazing. By the way, the reason why I think that what, what's said about Moses must have been true, that his face must have been shining is because of this transfiguration. It makes me think, wow, this must have really happened. And so for the transfiguration, what happens is Jesus goes up onto the mountain. And as he usually does, he calls a couple of his disciples to come with him. And so he chooses the fishermen, Peter and James and John, the three who had been colleagues before they became Jesus' disciples. And Jesus calls Peter and James and John. He says, come, we're going to go for a hike. And they hike up a mountain again, up onto a mountaintop. And Peter and James and John, they are sleepy, but they choose to stay awake. As they've learned, Jesus says to them, stay awake. You don't know what you might miss. Stay awake. And so it must have been late at night or early in the morning. And so they go up onto this mountain and Peter and James and John are trying so hard to keep their eyes open, maybe like some of you this morning. I'm not sure. And so they're trying so hard to keep their eyes open as Jesus is probably just going up to the mountain to pray. And at least that's what they think until suddenly they look around and they see that Jesus isn't alone. And I have no idea how they knew that this was Elijah and Moses, who were the two people that were with Jesus. I have no idea how they knew that it was Elijah and Moses, but we had Elijah, the greatest of the prophets, and Moses, the giver of the law, the one who received the commandments from God. We have the two of them standing on the mountaintop, people who lived thousands of years or hundreds of years ago, depending on, on the person. And so they're standing there with Jesus and they're standing there and then suddenly Jesus, just like Moses' face had, had been bright and shining, so was Jesus. But it wasn't just his face. It was his whole entire body. It was, all, it was his clothing, everything. Jesus is standing there talking with Moses and Elijah and he is shining in a way that must have been magnificent to see. You know how I say I want there to be a movie theater in heaven? I want to see this. I want to know exactly what this was like. And I also want to see the looks on Peter and James and John's faces as they're they're probably like, hold on, did I fall asleep? Is this a dream? What's going on? They're probably rubbing their eyes, trying to see if what they're seeing is really there. And Peter and James and John are just shocked. But unlike the Israelites, they realize the holiness of the situation. Unlike the Israelites, they realize, okay, this must be a holy thing. You know, if Jesus is shining, this must be a good, and this must be a holy thing. And then Peter, oh, Peter, 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 Peter. He always says these little things that gets himself into trouble. So Peter, right away, he realizes that it's a holy moment. And, and so he sees that this must be a holy thing. And, and only thing 
mountaintop that was holy. It was Jesus that was holy. It was his own divinity that was shining from within. And way, he decides to kind of tell Jesus what to do. Peter does that sometimes. We do, don't we all do that sometimes? Anybody ever try to tell God what to do? Give me a little wave of the hand if you've ever tried to tell God what to do. Yeah. And so we all are a little bit like Peter. But, but Peter, he sees this and he thinks that, well, maybe this mountain is holy. Maybe this place is holy. Maybe it's like a little special portal to God or something like that. He doesn't realize that it's not the location that's holy. It's Jesus that is holy. And so Peter right away, he's like, Jesus, it's good for us to be here. He starts telling Jesus what to do. Jesus, it's good for us to be here. Let's build some dwelling places. Let's build some permanent structures. Let's, let's stay here and let's not leave. Now, I will tell you that usually when I preach on the transfiguration, this is where I get a little tough on Peter. This is where I kind of shake my head at Peter, like, ah, oh, Peter, what did you think you were doing? But for the first time and, and maybe forever, I think I understand Peter in this moment. Peter was up on that mountaintop with Jesus and Elijah and Moses. And Jesus was beaming bright. His divinity was shining from within him. And I think that Peter was up there in this holy moment, and I think he didn't want to go down. I, didn't think, I don't think he wanted to go down the mountain, because you know what's down the mountain? Down the mountain is chaos. <laughs> What's down the mountain? Down the mountain is hatred. Down the mountain is war. Down the mountain is all of that nasty stuff that exists in this world. I don't think Peter wanted to go down the mountain. I think for the first time, I actually get what Peter was doing. You know, I think that he just wanted to stay there in that moment. I think he wanted to stay there on the mountaintop. He didn't want to leave. He wanted to feel the holiness he wanted to feel the peace. He wanted to feel the safety. He wanted to feel the presence of God. Because down the mountain, down the mountain is war. Down the mountain is where you have a man who's hugging his wife and his child, sending them to safety while he stays to fight to protect his home. Down the mountain is where children's hospitals are shot with artillery fire. Down the mountain is where there's pain. Down the mountain is those images that we're seeing right now, and those images make us cry. Down the mountain is where a tank is driving over a vehicle and then back over it again. Down the mountain, this world is chaos. Down the mountain is all this chaos and this pain that we feel. Down the mountain is hatred and war and pain and all of this stuff that we feel right now as we turn on the news, which is sometimes too powerful to even look at. Down the mountain is cancer. Down the mountain is war. Down the mountain is pain. So I think for probably the first time, I've been preaching on the, the transfiguration for what, like 12 years now, and I think for the first time I actually get Peter. I think I've been too hard on Peter for too long, and yes, God did yell at Peter, so there's a reason I think I've been a little hard on, at Peter, but I think for the first time I get Peter as we're in this time that we're in right now, as we feel the pain of the world, as we feel the chaos of the world, I think for the first time I understand why Peter wanted to stay up on the mountain, why he wanted wanted to stay up there, why he wanted to build permanent structures. He had a taste of heaven and he didn't want to let go. Imagine how you would feel if you had a taste of heaven. You wouldn't want to let go either. And Peter had a taste of heaven and he didn't want to let go. And he didn't want to go back down the mountain. And he didn't want what Jesus was saying to come true. He didn't want his leader to die. He didn't want any of that to happen. So Peter wanted to stay up on that mountain because down the mountain is chaos down the mountain is pain and he did not want to go down the mountain but we can learn from the transfiguration i think we can learn from the story of the transfiguration this transfiguration can teach us many many things the transfiguration teaches us that this world might be falling apart and doesn't it feel like it's falling apart sometimes this world might be falling apart 
But God is still so purely divine. This world might be falling apart, and yet we still follow a man who wasn't just a man, but also the Son of God. This world might be falling apart, but we know that we have a Savior who has come to set us free from the pain of this world. This world might be falling apart, but we know what's ahead. We know that that little piece of heaven that Peter had a taste of, we know what's to have. We can only imagine what is to come. We know what's ahead of us. We know that the kingdom of heaven is real and that the kingdom of heaven is in our midst. So even though we feel the chaos of what's down from the mountain, even though we feel the pain, not like our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, but, but we feel the pain, we can feel the their pain just in even the slightest amount since we can feel their pain we know we know that we need to look ahead and so the transfiguration can remind us that we worship a god that is so pure and so divine that even when this world is chaos god's light can still shine through and what does that teach us that teaches us that even when we feel like we can do nothing right now it is hard is anybody else here like a fixer does anybody else like to fix things something goes wrong and you want to fix things for everybody else you know i i remember even in college people would be like you know the girls in my sorority they were going through a hard day and they'll be like oh i'll just go see elizabeth she'll make me feel better you know like some of us we we like to fix things we like to help people we like to try try to make things better. And when we see chaos all around us and there's nothing that we can do about it, it's pretty tough, isn't it? I mean, we can donate money, but what else can we do? We can't go there. We can't do anything, but here is what we can do. And this is what we can learn from this moment. We worship a God who is so pure and so divine and so powerful that God's light can even shine in the darkness. God's light can shine in the darkness. You know that no matter how dark this world gets, God's light can still shine. We worship God who changed Pharaoh's heart in order to let the people get free from Egypt. We worship a God who can make a difference. So when we feel like we can't do anything, when we're like, man, I want to help and there's nothing I can do, there is something that we can do. And you know what we can do? Any guesses? You got it. We can pray. There's some people who think that praying is just saying words and it's not a big deal, but I'll tell you, have you ever had somebody pray for you and you felt every single ounce of those prayers? Have you ever had somebody pray for you and you could genuinely feel them praying for you? Our prayers make a difference. So imagine if every brother and sister in Christ all around the world, all of our siblings in Christ all around the world started praying for peace right now. Imagine if every day throughout the day we started praying for peace, maybe even the hardest of hearts could be changed because our God's light can shine even in the darkness. And so the transfiguration reminds us that we worship a God who can break into this world, whose light can shine in this world. And since we worship that God, we need to pray. Not just a little bit, not just when you're having a hard time falling asleep, you know, not just then. Not just maybe when you're here at church and you bow your head for a second, but we need to pray. We need to put our hearts into our prayers. So friends, all of us, throughout this day, throughout the next day, throughout the days to come, you know what we've got to do? We've got to pray. I want all of us praying for peace. I want all of us praying for God's love to break into this world. I want all of us praying for peace because while it feels like we can't do anything, we can. And what we can do is we can pray. We can pray and we can pray and we can pray. And when it feels like we've prayed enough, we can pray some more. Let's be a praying people. That is what we can do when down from the mountain feels like complete chaos. And let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you, Lord. And Lord, we pray for peace. These aren't just words that we're saying. Lord, we pray for peace. When we just imagine what our brothers and sisters across the world are going through, when we just imagine the pain that they are feeling, when we just imagine the pain of war, it breaks our hearts. So Lord, we pray for peace. Help there to be peace on earth. Break through the darkness. Let your light shine through the darkness.
soften even the hardest of hearts. Let there be peace. Let us sinful humans find a way for peace. And we pray this all in the name of Christ Jesus, the one whose light shined from within. We pray this all through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And together we pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. It is now time for our tithes and offerings. With a grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. One, two, three, four. stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength we bow down and worship him now how great how awesome is he together we sing everyone sing holy is the Lord
and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength we bow down and worship him now how great how awesome is he together we blessing of God. Go forth with the love of Christ. Go forth as prayerful people. Be blessed and be a blessing to all.